It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Randall Cobb and Al Woods are the two newest members of the New York Jets. We're going to talk about how they fit on the roster on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Thursday, May 4th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Thanking you so much for making this show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts to get new episodes as soon as they are posted. If you're listening on a podcast source and enjoy the show, give it a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube and enjoy it, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help Lockdown Jets out, help other Jets fans find us. Well, the Jets have made two signings this week, bringing in veteran players, Wide receiver Randall Cobb and defensive tackle Al Woods. We're going to talk about both of the signings on today's episode. And it should, and Cobb is the place we will begin. This signing was really no surprise if you've been paying attention. Cobb was a longtime teammate of Aaron Rodgers. He spent most of his career in Green Bay. 33 years old, he was a second-round pick of the Packers in 2011. Spent in, until 2018 in Green Bay, then left. Uh, he spent a year in Dallas, a year in Houston, before returning to the Packers for another two-year stint. He's been with, he was with Green Bay the last two seasons, and you may remember if you watched that Sunday night game, Week 18, when the Packers were eliminated, Aaron Rodgers left Lambeau Field for the last time in a Packers uniform, and who was he walking with? He was walking with Randall Cobb. And a few weeks back, you may remember there was the report that Aaron Rodgers had given the, the Jets a list of players he was interested in playing with. It, I think some people have viewed it as a demands list, which probably is not fair, uh, but Rodgers reportedly did kind of tell the Jets, these are guys I'm interested in bringing in. And they were they were pass catching targets. Randall Cobb was one of them. So if you've been paying attention, you you knew this was coming. And in fact, I think the Jets probably had this lined up in advance. But because signing Randall Cobb and also Al Woods after the draft did not count in the compensatory pick formula, they just decided to hold off until after the draft to make the signing official. Now, what can you say about this move? Well, I hate to say it. I mean, I don't think there's any way you can view this as a good move. Randall Cobb's best football is far behind him. In fact, in the, the last five years, he's had one season where he's had at least 500 receiving yards. That was 2019 with the Dallas Cowboys. Outside of that, I mean, he had 383 yards in 2018. He had 828. That was the one season in 2019. 441 2020, 375 in 2021, and 417 in 2022. Uh, this is a guy whose best football is far behind him. He doesn't have a ton left in the tank. There's not a lot of playmaking ability. In fact, I'll go back to something I said when the Jets signed Alan Lazard. I feel like this is a move that's kind of like an Aaron Rodgers tax. This is part of the price of admission if you wanted to get Aaron Rodgers. Now, Cobb's deal is worth $3 million guaranteed. Depending on how well he plays, that could go up to $4 million. So the Jets are not paying a lot for him. Although I guess it might be a lot for a number five receiver. Now, you, you listen, you can throw the cliches out there. There are plenty of plenty of ways you can rationalize this. 
you know, the quote-unquote veteran receiver. He, he quote-unquote knows the playbook. He played with Nathaniel Hackett before. The prof- he knows he knows how to run routes. You know, he'll he'll be able to read a zone coverage. Maybe Rodgers will go to him on a uh, on a third down. He can be perhaps a chain mover. You could throw those cliches out there. there. I don't think there's any way you can say this is a good signing for the Jets. Uh, you know, when you're talking about a number five receiver, which is where he profiles right now, I want them to have at least one of three traits. Number one, well, I want them to be able to go out and play effectively. I don't think Cobb can really do that anymore. Number two, I'd like them to contribute on special teams. Cobb was able to do that at one point in his career. I think those days are gone at 33 years old. Or number three, I want you to be a young player who will benefit from the developmental reps in practice. Ideally, I'd like you to have more than one of these traits, but these are the three I'd like you to have. A cop doesn't satisfy any of them. I don't think the signing is a particularly great one for the Jets. Now, I think if you're looking for the glasses half full take, I think it's that it may not hurt the Jets. I mean, at the end of the day, how big of an impact does your number five receiver make? Probably not a lot. If you want him as a locker room guy, I guess you could argue maybe he could teach some of the young players... Uh, how to be a pro, you know, take maybe take Garrett Wilson under his wing. I think there's some degree of marginal utility for the guy who knows the system. I, you know, it is a cliche, but the guy who knows the nuances of a new system, you could argue that's fine. And so I, I don't, I don't ultimately think this this signing is going to be that big of a deal. I don't think it's a good signing. I don't think it's the type of signing that's really going to hurt the Jets that much. I mean, three million dollars, you'd like to not pay that for a number five receiver, especially this type of number five receiver. It's not going to destroy the Jets, though. So I think the only danger in in a move like this is the scenario where you ran into with Frank Gore a couple of years ago. Uh, The Jets signed Frank Gore. It was a similar type of signing. You thought he was going to play a very small role, and the Jets ended up way overusing him in 2020 with Adam Gase. They essentially built their offense around uh, Frank Gore. That will not happen with Randall Cobb. I, I don't think there's any question that Randall Cobb's not going to be the number one receiver on this team. I think you could run into some traps if... Maybe Hackett likes him a little bit too much, or if Aaron likes him a little bit too much. You know, does Aaron maybe target Cobb because he's got that familiarity with him and maybe not target some of the better receivers on the team, especially a Garrett Wilson? That's an area where there, there could be some degree of concern. I'm not overly worried about it right now. I think another concern would be, is Randall Cobb here to be the, the number five receiver? Because if he is, then again, it's not really that going to be the thing that makes or breaks the Jets this year. If the Jets view Randall Cobb as like a top four receiver, though, that could indicate that Corey Davis is on his way out. And Davis currently is slated to get a cap hit in eight figures, you know, around $11 million a year. And if this signing is the precursor to Corey Davis's departure, I mean, that could be a different story, in part because it slides everybody up one spot in the hierarchy. Uh, You know, it would slide Alan Lazard up to the second spot. It would slide Mecole Hardman to the third slot. And it would slide Randall Cobb to the fourth slot. And I think at this point in their careers, everybody belongs where they are right now. I think Lazard's fine as a number three receiver. I think Hardman's fine as a number four receiver. And Cobb is what he is, but a number five receiver doesn't really make or break you. So if this is a precursor to Corey Davis going away, then I, I think I would have a bigger issue with this signing. I, I don't think, again, I don't think it's a good signing. I think the Jets, the Jets receiving core as is, if Corey Davis returns to his Tennessee form and if Garrett Wilson sustains his play as a rookie, the Jets will be fine at receiver. If you're depending on anybody beyond Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis is not part of the mix, it, it could be dicey. So 
this is where I come down on it. I don't think you could say it's a good signing. I think the, the most positive you can come up with is it's not a very consequential signing. And the Jets are not wasting a lot of money on this move. Uh, and ultimately, it was a type of move you had to expect. I, I think you, the one thing you can say is this was not a surprise to anybody. I think if you were surprised by this, you may not have been paying attention. I say that respectfully. But we knew Aaron Rodgers wanted to bring Randall Cobb in. He's obviously very tight with Cobb. Again, he was the guy, of, the, of all of his teammates, there was one guy he walked off that field with on that night in January when the Packers were eliminated for his final home game as a member of the Green Bay Packers. And that was Randall Cobb. So obviously they're, they're, they were very tight. And there were lots of rumors that the Jets were gearing up to sign Cobb. I mean, they even this is weeks old. There, there was talk that the Jets would be looking to bring in the veteran. So at 33 years of age, I personally don't think Randall Cobb has a lot left in the tank. I mean, there probably there probably will be one game this year where maybe he puts up 50 yards, maybe two. And, you know, you'll hear the announcers talking about Randall Cobb's ageless. Um, I can't get behind the signing, but it's not probably going to be that consequential of a move for, for the Jets. So yeah, I wish they had stayed away from it, but it is what it is. There is a guy, I think, that, who can help the Jets who they signed right after Cobb, and that's Al Woods, a defensive tackle who was signed from Seattle. And as we continue on this Wednesday, uh, uh, this Thursday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast, we'll talk about the signing of Woods and what it could mean for the Jets' defense. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need the best-tasting protein bar ever. Built, you gotta try it. Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in amazing flavors. They've got churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream. And while these bars are great, they taste like candy bars because they have all that chocolate. They're also healthy for you. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein on most bars. Here's the best part. Now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, I've been telling you about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. And of course, you can still do that for specialty flavors. But if you're... If you want your Built Bar sooner, you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Or if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter puff or churro puff. You can thank me later. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen or first watch every day. And a big shout out to you everydayers who follow this podcast. We have new episodes each day through the week, Monday through Friday. Today we're talking about a couple of signings the Jets made on Wednesday. We've talked about Randall Cobb. There was a second edition, and it was defensive tackle Al Woods, a 36-year-old who's been around the NFL for quite a while. He was a fourth-round pick back in 2010. He has played with a number of teams, a couple stints in Seattle. In fact, the last two years he's been a member of the Seattle Seahawks. He should help the Jets at defensive tackle. Now, he's one of the oldest defensive tackles in the NFL, and that's kind of been one of the themes of the offseason for the Jets. Jets have gotten older, and the Jets were not a particularly young team to begin with. It's kind of funny because all the Jets' really good players are young, so it gives you the perception that they're a very young team. 
And while it's true of their premium talents, the rest of the team was actually relatively old, and they've gotten a lot older this offseason. Woods continues that trend. He's one of the five oldest defensive linemen still in the NFL. And by the way, Cobb's one of the ten oldest receivers in the league. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, the oldest quarterback. Dwayne Brown, if Jason Peters retires, will be the oldest offensive lineman. So a lot of age being added by the Jets. Uh, But Al Woods, a pretty solid player. An interesting fit for the Jets from this standpoint is that he's kind of like your prototypical space-eating defensive tackle. He's a guy who's kind of a run stopper, but he's a guy who kind of eats up blocks and allows the guys behind him or the guys around him to make the plays. And that's not really what Robert Sala asks for his defensive linemen. Sala likes defensive linemen who penetrate and get up the field. And this signing could tell you one of two things. One, it may tell you that Sala is kind of looking for a specialist. Now, Al Woods is not a guy who I think is going to play a lot of snaps. I mean, I think he'll probably be somewhere in the 20 to 30% range. Um, and part of that is just Salah likes to rotate defensive linemen in and out. Part of it's that guys like this, you know, guys who are really run-stopping defensive tackles, they're not as prevalent in the NFL as they used to be. You know, 15, 20 years ago, a defensive tackle who could eat up blocks and keep other guys around him clean and, you know, prevent the linebackers from having to deal with offensive linemen, that's a guy you build a defense around. In today's NFL, it's changed uh, because teams are focused on the pass rush. And actually, things the, the pendulum may be starting to swing back towards towards the space-hitting defensive line because in the NFL, defensively, you're starting to see teams kind of move back to two safeties deep. And when you play two safeties deep, that means you, somebody has to cover two gaps uh, against the run, and that's where a space-hitting lineman like an Al Woods could come into play. So maybe he's becoming a little bit more prevalent, but at 36 years old, really you're just hoping he has another season in him. So maybe it's a... It, it, perhaps it's Robert Sala saying, you know what, we want a guy who can help us stop the run, because this run defense, I mean, it's, it looks a little shaky. And perhaps Al Woods is a guy who will go in and play first downs or, you know, short yardage situations, especially with that, you know, that play the Eagles run where you push the quarterback through. I mean, maybe he's a guy who can help against that. So it could be a situational guy. It also could be there just weren't many good defensive linemen left. And the Jets just said, you know what, this guy's at least got some skills, even if he doesn't fit our scheme perfectly. That's also a possibility. And... Ultimately, I don't think this move is going to make an enormous difference for the New York Jets in 2023. Either way, I think really what you're hoping for is just to squeeze the best good football that there is out of the last good football that there is out of Al Woods. And if he can give you again, like 20, you know, play 20% of the snaps, hold up against the run, give the other guys some rest. I think you'd sign up for that right now. You know, Woods is another guy not getting a big contract and at this point of his career. He's very much year to year. We've seen the Jets this offseason. They've tried to make additions at defensive tackle. They were reportedly the highest bidder on Fletcher Cox. The star uh, the star defensive tackle with the Philadelphia Eagles. And Cox decided to stay with the Eagles, which, even though the Jets offered him more money, is no real surprise. This guy's been, his, his, the guy's been an Eagle his entire career. He's a legendary player for the franchise. And it's not like the Eagles are losing. You know, they just went to the Super Bowl, so he's got a shot to stay with the franchise where he's beloved by the fan base, he's a legend, he's got a shot to win a Super Bowl next year. Eagles, again, look very good. And Fletcher Cox, you know, it's not a surprise he did not come. Jets were also in on Calais Campbell. That's a little bit more of a surprise. Uh, Campbell signed with the Falcons. He said that it was really, he felt like he had a better shot to win with the Falcons, which is kind of odd considering his quarterback with the Jets would be Aaron Rodgers. I think maybe he was talking about the NFC South, which is not profiling, profiling as a great division. 
But the Jets had a pretty big hole at defensive tackle. I still think they have some issues there. They also brought in Woods' former teammate with Seattle, Quinton Jefferson, who's more of a pass-rushing kind of guy. I think maybe you'll see John Franklin Myers slide inside. I don't love it. And through the offseason, I've kind of denied that this would happen. I've been asked in a couple of our mailbag shows, which we do each Wednesday. I've said, no, I don't think so. But I think you've reached the point of acceptance. You know, I don't love the idea of John Franklin Myers playing more inside because he's been so good at defensive end. And if it's not broke, don't fix it. But they might have to play John Franklin Myers more on the on the inside at defensive end. But at least Al Woods gives you a guy who hopefully gives you a couple more snaps a game. Maybe it's a couple more snaps John Franklin Myers can be out on the edge. And the Jets, I think, are, Jets are adding as many quality defensive linemen as they can because Robert Sala likes to ro- likes to bring these guys in and out, likes to rotate them. I think Robert Sala's dream is to kind of work like a hockey coach when it comes to his defensive linemen. You know, in hockey, you just throw, throw guys in and out every minute or so. I think if Robert Sala had it his way, he'd just be constantly rotating guys in and out every two plays, just keep everybody fresh on the sideline, which is not a terrible approach if you've got the talent, especially you know, if you're trying to close out games in the fourth quarter. You want your... You want your defensive line fresh. You want you want them to be able to get up the field. And uh, Al Woods may be a guy who can help you out. I think at 36, there's always a question, even though he's continued to be an effective player, does he have one more year in him? And I think that's just going to be a question you ask of anybody in their mid-30s in this league. Because it can go very quickly, but based on what was out there and based on the price, which is not very good, big for the Jets, it, I think it's tough to get upset with this signing. Now, here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we'll continue our discussion of Jets offseason moves. They may not be done, but I do have one plea for the Jets. And I'll tell you what that is as we continue on this Thursday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Thursday. We're talking about a couple moves the Jets made this week. But there may be more to come. The Jets have signed Randall Cobb. They will sign Al Woods, defensive lineman. Jets continuing to add to their depth. And yesterday, and you everydayers who listen to this podcast on a daily basis, you you may know because I've talked about it this week, that the Jets are going to get some compensatory picks this year. And compensatory picks are additional draft picks the NFL gives to teams that lose more than they gain in free agency. And it's based on how many guys you gain and how many guys you lose. But the formula they used to, to calculate that expired after the NFL draft. So nobody signed now counts towards the compensatory draft pick formula. So that means that the Jets are pretty much locked into three compensatory draft picks. They can now sign players. So there may be more moves to come. I have a couple. I have a plea for the Jets, though. Please don't sign Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes Lewis, a veteran tight end, uh, spent the last couple of years with the Green Bay Packers. He is Rodgers' teammate. He was another guy who was reportedly on that list of players Aaron Rodgers wanted the Jets to sign. He's going to be 39 years old in a few weeks. He's not just the oldest tight end in the NFL. He's the oldest tight end in the NFL by five years. And I've talked about how old the Jets have gotten. And 
look, I got to be honest with you. I don't love the approach of getting as old as possible. And that seems to be the approach the Jets have taken this offseason. And it's good that they have premium young talent. And one of the things that makes me scratch my head a little bit is like, let's look at the great players on this team. You got Sauce Gardner, you got Garrett Wilson, you got Brees Hall. Let's look at some of the complimentary players, Michael Carter II, John Franklin Myers, DJ Reed. These guys are all either very young or they're in their primes. So we need to focus on adding more players who are either young or in their primes. We need less guys in their 30s, especially their late 30s. But Mercedes Lewis, I look at this, and it's kind of odd because I do actually do think he still can block. So you can make a case he actually could be the jet, the best tight end on the Jets roster. But I also look at this and I say, it's not a guy who's very productive in the receiving game. And in today's NFL, receiving is really where it's at for the tight end position. And I look at that and I say, how many unproductive receiving tight ends do the Jets need? We've got Conklin. We've got Uzama. Maybe Jeremy Rucker could develop into something. And of course, you know, the, the guy the Jets drafted in the seventh round out of Old Dominion, Kuntz, maybe he can develop into something. But, I mean, we've already got two veteran tight ends who really don't give you anything in the passing game. And Mercedes Lewis, again, he's going to be 39. So even though he still, in theory, might be able to run block, you know, he, he, it could go very quickly for him. And you get, he's not just the oldest tight end in the league. He's the oldest tight end by years. And I gave you a list in the, in the last segment of how old the Jets are at some of these spots. At some point, you just got to say no. And I think it's a more of a blanket plea for the Jets. Please stop signing old players. Enough with this. I mean, there are a couple of guys who could help the team out. I think Al Woods might be a decent signing. You know, I think when we're talking about skill sets that do age, I mean, I don't know if it ages to 36, but guys who are defensive linemen who kind of you know hold the point of attack, that's a skill set that tends to age a little bit better because it's based more on strength than athleticism. But although a good signing of an old player here or there can make sense. You know, if your entire team is old, you're going to have issues because first of all, you have an enormous risk of, of decline. The injury risk is higher with older players. And beyond that, the older your team is, the more you're going to have to overhaul in the years ahead. So at some point, the Jets got to focus on not signing as many old players. And for me, Mercedes Lewis is a spot where you, the place where you draw the line. He's been, he's had a nice career. He's been a good blocking tight end. He even, he even had one year in Jacksonville where he had 10 touchdowns. So he had one very good receiving year. But this is enough. And we've, we've signed Cobb. We've signed Woods. We've signed... The Jets have actually signed 10 players older than 30 years old this offseason. And now two of them... Two of them you could say, okay, you know, Greg Zorline and Thomas Morstead, those are both kicking specialists. So that those two may not necessarily make the Jets a whole lot older. But no more. No more, and especially at the tight end position, where the Jets have enough guys out there who are giving you marginal production. The Jets do not need to sign Mercedes Lewis, and they, I, I, I think they should be done with old players in general. But this is this is my plea for the Jets: no more of this, please, please do. I don't think Cobb's a good signing. He's here now. I'll have to live with it. Woods, okay, fine. You know, we went through the Rogers saga. Dwayne Brown's still going to be here. You're going to have to. You're going to be relying a lot on him. You're going to need him to hold up, and that's no guarantee. We don't need any more, more old players. Jets, please enough. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening, so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast, worse, please give the show a five star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, please a big thumbs up. These things help the channel out. Help other Jets fans find the podcast. Have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to close out the week. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.